we have to talk about the ending of this movie first. I know it's not something we usually do at the beginning of the podcast, and we're kind of spoiling. No, usually, usually, see what you're doing. You're doing like what they did with trailers originally. You know where they put them at the end of the movie. Because, you know, they trailed it and then they're like, no one's going to stay for that. So we put it at the front to entice the audience. I don't think I, I don't remember ever seeing a movie where the trailers were at the end. I think this was probably before we were even born. When that's what yeah, no, that's what it must be. Um, but no, we need to talk about the end of this movie. Uh, so, OK, do you remember this scene? Did well, wait, well, also, we don't, they don't even know what, the audience doesn't know what movie we're talking about. I mean, are we are we talking about Ant-Man Quantumanium or? Well, I, they can, they can guess because we're going to give them some context clues. So, uh, oh, well, here, wait, I'll give a hint. Mwah. Mwah. Yeah, there you go. Mwah. So, David Caruso walks into the strip club, right? Facing down Nick Cage, and they get into a, they get into a big fight. And then, then Nick Cage looks at, after, after he smacks David Caruso, looks at him and he says, It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. And then, Nick, and then uh, David Caruso gets up, looks him straight in the eye and says, Avengers, assemble. And then out of nowhere, all of right. the characters that have been in the movie up until this point appear, but it's animated now and they're all animals and they start dancing to a Shakira song. And I just thought, you know. Well, wait, wait, which, which Shakira song, song was it? Because I, I forget. Because um, there's, one, there's one I'm thinking in particular it might have been. I, yeah. T- tell me which one you think it is. Well, obviously, I I remember it in my mind. It was "Hips Don't Lie." Oh no, it was "Try Everything." Was it? Don't know if you remember that song, 2016, which is kind of weird because this movie came out in 1995. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, believe it or not, that's what happened. Really, it was "Try Everything." Yes, uh, big dance party. Uh, all the characters became animals. It was animated. Now, did Nick Cage also become an animal, or was he still live action? Uh, no, everything became animated. Oh, that's right. Yeah, big da- big dance party. I thought it was a little weird to have like one of those dance party scenes at the end of a relatively serious movie that was definitely not for kids, but that's what happened. I just i i thought it was a i thought it was a weird uh, choice tonally uh, to do that, and yeah, it just kind of threw me off. Yeah, and then also the weird part was there was like no kissing at all in the movie. No, there was kissing. I don't remember. Any kissing. Remember um the the one dancer kissed that one guy that David Cruiser was working oh, with. Oh right. Yeah, the, the two side characters that only showed up like two times. Two times. Yes. And uh, don't even they don't even have like a name in like the cast in yeah, exactly. the Wikipedia article. That's to be they, fair they were and they did kiss. Probably yeah, she was gonna do. Screen. That's right, because she was gonna give a little a little bizu to David Caruso and then she's like, You smell weird or whatever. You smell like gasoline. Yeah, so he just yeah. did an arson. He did. He did do an arson. That is correct. I think everyone should do an arson at least once in their life. We've talked about arson on this podcast. Before. I really like arson. It is like fire. I can't remember what our stance on arson was. I'm. I'm pretty much for it. You're pro arson. I'm pro arson as long as you don't like kill someone. I don't think you have to kill someone to commit arson. You don't. Yeah. I'm saying I'm okay with arson as long as no one dies. I mean, like no one good. Like if like. Okay, but what about all the ants that? Or what about all the like insects that might be living in the thing? Then something did die that was relatively innocent. You know, insects don't count. It's, We've humanity you know, decided that insects don't don't count. I don't know if I agree with that stance. I think they do count. They just no, they don't count. Do you know how many insects you kill a day? A non-trivial amount. Right. Yeah. 
Well, no, I think it would be a trivial amount because, like, relative to the number of insects there are in the world. Well, okay, sure, in that amount. But the thing is, we have to kill them, or they will take over the entire planet because there's that. Really? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that because insects weren't in control of the world before humans came along and conquered everything. Like, it's not right because like they're the, the like dinosaurs were out here to make first. Tools and you know capitalism. It's not like insects were in charge. I'm just saying there's 10 quintillion insects approximately on Earth at any given moment. If they banded together, they could take over. Could they? Yes. Okay, what about um, what about a gnat? What's a gnat doing to me? If you get swarmed by all the gnats, that's not going to be fun. All the gnats in the world? Imagine if all the bugs did that thing that bees do where they just vibrate on you until you get so hot you die. There's enough of them they could do the that. The Japanese bees with the big old horns. Yes. Yeah. Ants alone the weight of all the ants on the planet weigh at least as much as all the humans do. I'm sure that's true, but they so would have pound to, like, per get pound, to we have to take down the ants. Well, but I like, assume they're how, they're just going to do. How are they going to mass together? They're just going to do that Rick and Morty thing where they're they're one million ants. They all become just giant ant like ant Voltron. I've clearly have not watched Rick and Morty in a while. Um, this is like season three. This was before all the, the uh, drama and issues that came out about the voice actor, the creator. Uh, co-creator co-creator okay I actually did watch that season then I don't know I'm just saying we have to keep the ants in their ants and all the bugs in their place where they will take over I think I could kill a million ants easy a million ants yeah this is back to our classic hundred meerkat okay Um, a million ants yeah I think I could take a million ants try try to imagine a million ants though I think I think you're underestimating how many ants (laughs) What kind of ant are you talking about? Uh, let's just say a regular little little black ant that you see. A black garden ant? Yeah. I could take a million of them. I feel confident. I feel like 80% confident in that. I could do it. I kill their babies too. <laughs> okay, I was looking up how much do a million ants weigh. <laughs> um, no, it's just a single weight ant weigh. Well, no, wait, hold on. I want you to guess how much you think a million ants weigh. Hold on. I'm going to look up how much a single ant weighs. A million ants. It's less than a million pounds, clearly. A thousand pounds. No. Am I high or low? Uh, you're high. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a hundred pounds? You're still a bit high. <laughs> 80 pounds? Uh, n- nope, still a bit high. 50. It'd be about six to ten pounds, probably. <laughs> a million ants? Well, yeah, They so one ant. I feel you 100% assume, uh, confident in being able to take on a million ants now. If they weigh that little, yeah, apparently. I was thinking, because, uh, like, it says one ant weighs between one to five milligrams. So, if you have... Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, if you take, if you just average that to, like, three, time, three milligrams times a million would be 3,000 grams, or, like, three kilograms. Yeah, I could totally take on a million ants. I could probably take on two million ants. Actually, give me my body weight in ants. I could take them. I don't know if I could take my body weight in ants. I think I could do it. Why aren't there? Why aren't there? Why hasn't there been a horror movie or a sci-fi movie where all of the bugs in the world become like sentient and bloodlust? Probably because it'd be really hard for them to get anywhere. They're small. It'd take them forever to get somewhere. Not if they all Voltron it up. They'd have to all get to one central location to Voltron it up, though. Right. But I mean, they would bide their time. Like we wouldn't know they were up to anything until it was probably. I think too it'd be late. pretty obvious if billions of insects were voltroning it up like it, it would be kind of obvious oh, i no, i think they'd all they'd gather to if they're sentient enough to like 
and smart enough to do this, I think they'd all wait till they're all in like close locations and then started doing it. But like it would take them some time to actually assemble the Voltron. Like we'd figure out what they're doing and we would apply fire. They'd still take out quite a bit of this. I'm just I don't think even if they were in like intelligent enough to do it, that they have the capacity to do it. I just I think there's I think it's a numbers game. I just think there'd be too many. No, because I mean, yes, there are a lot of them, but they're a fraction of a fraction of our size. Yeah, but I mean, you're just thinking like innocent, like what if we throw in like hornets and like things that actually like are sting or like poisonous? I mean, that's why we have pesticides. Right. But I mean, if there's just, if it's all of them all at once, they're going to take off quite a bit, I think, first. I think they do some damage. I agree with you there, but I think we would win. I bet there's a who would win threat about this. All of the insects on Earth versus humanity? Yeah. I put my odds on humanity. I think we kind of got this one in the bag. We've been studying how to kill them for years. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking someone brings up a good point about all the mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are the number one killer of humans for any other animal in the world. I mean, yes. Well, is it mosquitoes or is it the viruses they carry? It's the, viruses, I... it's the viruses they carry. Okay, well, we didn't say the, that rats were responsible for the greatest... Well, I mean, they were literally responsible for the greatest plague in Western civilization. But... Like, we don't say, we, it, it was the virus, right, that they carried. That was the problem. It's, it wasn't yeah. the rat plague. It was the bubonic plague. Yeah, but it's still, you know, the rats were responsible. Right, but when we think about that plague, we don't necessarily think about the rats that were I think it was a, it was a, I think it was a scaven ploy to infect us. I mean, it clearly was. Yeah, the rat, the ratman. <laughs> the ratman. What movie did we watch this week? Uh, Kiss of Death. Oh, by the way. That um, Disney hellscape that I've just described 12 minutes ago, I think in the next 10 years, we're going to get something really similar to that. An extended Disney universe. For that's not, wait, that is it superhero related or not? Um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like Endgame, but like literally. Oh, okay. you're not, you're not doing a bit anymore. You're just saying like literally just the actual Disney extended universe with like Mickey Mouse and all of the. I, I actually Disney think properties. that's going to happen. They're going to do it. Like Mickey Mouse and Donald versus the cast of Zootopia. Oh, it's not going to be like a versus kind of thing. It's going to be like a, it's going to be a huge crossover event. I don't know. I think Mickey would shoot something. (laughs) I'm not. Also, you're just describing Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Yes. I, no, no, no. But it's going to be broader than Kingdom Hearts and it's not going to be like, I'm not. What do you mean broader than Kingdom Hearts? They already have all the Disney properties in Kingdom Hearts. No, but, but think about it. It's not just like the classic Disney properties anymore. It's also Star Wars and it's also Marvel. Oh, you're including the other properties. And now it's it's everything on Fox. So it's now The Simpsons. Think about like I'm saying like literally everything that Disney owns. I think they're gonna throw it together into one crossover thing. And it's it's gonna happen when the chips are down for Disney. When the quarterly report looks really bad for them, and it's gonna be their their hail mary before their final collapse. Is what I'm praying. When does when does uh, the original Mickey Mouse, not Steamboat, but the actual first Mickey Mouse, when does he go public? Then I have no idea. Um, I know it's real soon. I don't think they've extended the copyright thing anymore. They have not. Because I know Winnie the Pooh just went public, didn't they? Because there was that bad one version movie. of Disney, or uh, one version of him. Yeah, the original one. Let's see. Mickey Mouse was created October first, nineteen twenty-eight. Uh, a couple years. Is it ninety-five years? It's depends it depends on when it was oh no it's this year isn't it? i think it's next year yeah all works uh published release oh before january 1st 1928 that's next year i bet they're gonna extend it 
I don't know. I, I don't think Congress has any plans to extend copyright further. Um, what I think is going to happen is that they're going to argue that subsequent versions of the character are still protected under copyright. Yeah, but the original one. No, the original one will not be correct. Which means I can finally release all my smutty books about me pounding the mouse. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, you could probably do it under fair use if you. Well, I'm, I don't. I, don't I mean, it's already not, on AO. I'm not going to give you legal advice here. I'm not saying you should publish these kinds of things. You should talk to a lawyer first. But you are a lawyer. Yeah, but I'm not giving you advice. But this is your. This is this is what you work in. I mean, technically, it's trademark. But this is what you work in. It's literally not what I work in. I work in trademark. It's like adjacent to that. I mean, yes, it is adjacent to that. Just like uh, baking soda and baking powder are adjacent to each other. Yeah, they're similar. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't, they're not interchangeable. They could be. No, they, they literally can't. But what, like, I just, what if I'm making a movie and I just want to put Mickey Mouse, like, right, right in it? Like a, a literal depiction of Mickey Mouse? Yeah, like, you know how they, they did that in um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes, because they licensed it. Yeah, but no, I want. I don't want to license. Like next year, I want to make a movie with Mickey Mouse. I want to remake Kiss of Death. But I just you're want, want to be really careful that you're using the version that is public. I, I think. I think it's still probably a bad idea to do it because Disney is notoriously litigious about their copyrights. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna sue me regardless. They're gonna say it's yeah. reflective of a like, more modern. Either version. way, I think it is a bad idea. Um, it's gonna take some. It's gonna take testing the waters and you don't want to be the first person to test the waters what if i make a little cart what if i make my own cartoon mouse that wears overalls and has little white gloves and his name is ricky the rat you could argue it's parody people have done that before no it's my own thing it's not parody it's my own thing no but it'd be protected under parody is what i'm saying which is a form of fair use but it's my it's my own it's my own ip it's not your ip if you steal it from someone else first of all I'm not stealing. I'm making a rat who wears overalls and has little gloves on. Well, I mean, you could try to argue that you came up with that yourself without any exposure to Disney, but that'd be very difficult to prove, especially because we were like the way we're talking about it right now implies that you are aware that you know who Mickey Mouse is. I've never heard of this Michael the Mouse, <laughs> but but even just me telling you about it, I don't is enough. I mean, you said the name. I don't know what it looks like. All right. Well, you're free to do whatever you want. I'm not saying it's a good idea. Like, does this, so what can the mice can mice not sue Disney for stealing their likeness? Well, no, because it's not their likeness, and mice don't have rights. So right, if I make a cartoon rat, how is that the same thing as this? He's like he's like my rat. Like I'm not doing like biker mice from Mars. I'm just I'm just doing a little rat guy. Do whatever you want, man. I don't care. I mean, you're just, it seems like you're implying that's like a bad idea, but like other people have done like rats before. Like Warhammer has the Skaven, and Princess Bride has rodents of unusual size. You know what? You go ahead and do that. Uh, let me know how it works out for you. Okay, I'm gonna make my little Richard Richard the Rat. Be my. You are. It is a free country. You are. You are welcome to do that. It's not a free country. I have to pay to live here. That's true. Um, and you may have to pay for the consequences of your actions, but. Damn, someone already made a Richard the Rat. There's a book on Amazon. It's called The Adventures of Richard Rat. Richard Comes of Age. Mm, that's weird. Richard Rat, a young orphan rat, is sentenced to prison for the crimes of breaking and entering. <laughs> Richard's stay in prison proves short-lived. He escapes for the simple reason that he is a rataholic and desperately needs a drink. The first image that pops up when you Google Richard the Rat is a literal rat named. 
Richard, who's almost certainly dead at this point. They only live like two or three years. Yeah, it's kind of sad. They make good. Parody. I'm surprised. I'm actually more surprised that someone hasn't done this as like a bigger parody by now. Because like, if you were gonna do a Mickey Mouse ripoff, Ricky the Rat is literally right there. I'm pretty sure people have. Like, I feel like I've heard of people doing Mickey Mouse parodies before. Yeah, I'm just I am not really seeing anything for Ricky the Rat. I'm seeing like a Roblox survival horror game called Ricky Rat. Do you remember that period? There been more. When we were in high school, where no. survival horror was like the peak of YouTube. I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's came out like a couple months after we finished high school. No, but I guess, that, yeah, I mean, Slenderman and all all of those yeah. creepy pastas kind of went big in like 2011, 2012. Yeah, I don't know. This is like a defining memory for me of high school. I don't know Let's why. See. Oh, there's an IMDb titled. Ricky Rat's Crack House. <laughs> uh, it's a TV series starting in 2019. It has one episode. Here's a here, here's an alternative bit we could do. Iggy, what is your favorite? What was your favorite and least favorite thing about high school? Um, hmm, favorite thing about high school. Well, you know, Skyrim came out in high school. That was pretty fun. I mean, I mean about high school, not things that happened during oh, high school. About high school. Yeah. Um, you were done with the day at like 2 p.m. That was nice. Yeah. But the trade-off to it. Yeah. Um, least favorite thing, though, was definitely when um, I was uh, sentenced to prison for three years for stealing some cars. And my wife uh, died in a, in a car accident after. You were married in high school? I remember this. Yeah. After yeah. my cousin that I was protecting tried to seduce her. And she got so upset by it that she was driving recklessly and died. And then I couldn't see my uh, my child while I was in prison. And then I got out of prison and I I married my wife's sister because it was appropriate. Um, but yeah, probably been a, a fun time spending the last couple of years of high school in prison. What about you? Uh, I think my favorite part was uh, was becoming an agent and having to work with this this absolute scumbag to bring down after like so like I caught this guy boosting cars right, pull him over, and then uh, the driver like pulls out a gun. Goes to shoot me, goes through his hand, and hits me right in the face. Um, and well, I wait, 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 hold on. No, it wasn't the driver; it was the passenger. Or the passenger. My apologies. Well, it was it he was shot. Driver, uh, it, it was his. He he was the passenger at the time, but he was the driver of the of the truck. Right, um, and it went through the actual guy who was driving his hand, and right, yes, was like right, and then hit me eye. in the face, and then um, yeah, and, and then um, my ears, I couldn't hear like very well out, out of that ear anymore and my eye was really weepy um now as for the as for the worst part of high school um, wait wait that was your favorite part was yeah, getting shot yeah yeah as for the worst part of high school. oh for four years your favorite part was getting shot <laughs> as for the worst part of high school jesus god it's probably the lunch lunch in high school sucked. yeah lunch was not yeah, I, I generally pack my lunch, but on the on the days ever, I forgot it, I was not happy about that. You ever get like one of the milk cartons where like the milk had like frozen? Oh, just God, like little yeah. like slivers of it, and you're just like, oh okay. Guess guess we're doing this today, but you still drank it. Yeah, and also remember how they had uh, vending machines that only sold diet and like zero sugar sodas, but even then you still couldn't buy any until after school was over, and then they at really? one point, yeah. I don't and remember, then that. remember that one point where they also had vending machines. The carrot they sold machine? were carrots, and yeah, and it was so funny that Glee even referenced it. No, on, it was on SNL. It might have been, I know it was on Glee because I remember watching, and I'm like, 
wait, that I was like that. That's our school. I'm pretty sure it was on. It was uh, joked about on SNL too. Might have been. But yeah, some uh, some company was like, we'll sell carrots and vending machines in high schools because that's what people want. Because you know what I want? I want a carrot that has been inside a vending machine for who knows how long. You know, I think the novelty of it is interesting. Right. Um, like I I would have like if I saw a carrot vending machine nowadays, a I would buy one for the nostalgia. Uh, but B, uh, if, even if I didn't have that nostalgia for it, I think I would still do it just for the novelty. Right. But now, what if you're a teenager in a high school? No, absolutely not. And I exactly never. Yeah. I never bought carrots out of that. I don't machine. know if I saw anyone ever do that. <laughs> Someone had to. Maybe someone had to. But they also no. they didn't like they didn't sell like you know anything to dip it in. It's just raw carrots in a bag, which is like fine Actually, if they're like if they're fresh the out carrot. of the, like if they're fresh out of the fridge, sure. But these were just in a vending machine for who knows how long. Well, the vending machine was probably refrigerated. Yeah, but still, you don't know how long your carrots been in there. Yeah. Now. Here's my thing about carrots. The quality of carrot can differ drastically within a single bag. Like some are like nice and sweet and then others are just the most disgusting bland thing you've ever eaten in your life. It's the same thing with grapes and berries. I think blueberries especially are oh, like that, guilty oh, yeah. of this. We have one that's like the, just the perfect crunchy texture and even another one that's like just all like mush. mushy, mushy and like sour. hard and yeah. sour and then like you're like ugh. Like blueberries other are berries aren't that bad. Like other berries, you can at least like kind of tell. But blueberries is kind of it's like a it's a grab bag. You never know what you're gonna get. What I hate about blackberries and raspberries is that there it feels like there's like a couple weeks where they're at their peak and they're perfect. And then if you buy them any time outside of that window, they're just bad. Yeah, and like I think like I love the flavor of blackberries, but the texture is not my favorite. Oh no, the texture of blackberries is my favorite part. I, no, love, I love the crunch. It. How do you feel about pomegranate seeds? They kind of just freak me out visually. <laughs> I can I've never that. I've never really had one because of that. I like the I like pomegranate juice, but like if I looked at one of them, it's like, no, I'm good. I'll go animal style on a pomegranate. I'll just rip one open and just go nuts. Like full monkey mode. If I have any fruit and it is mushy to any point, I will literally start to gag. What about bananas? But no, bananas there, are if there is a bruise. Mushy. If there is a if there is a bruise on a banana. And I like notice it. I will start to gag. That's why I love. I love bananas, but no, any mushy fruit is. I, there's like a reflex in my mouth that just activates if I get mushy. mushy. Okay, so this brings an interesting follow up. Do you eat mostly like underripe bananas because of that? Because I hate underripe bananas. I mean, usually, but that's more because I can't tell a ripened banana from an unripened banana because of my color blindness. Oh yeah, that's true. So if a banana is green or yellow, I can't I can't tell them if it starts to go from unripe to ripe, and then I can sometimes tell. But no, I like it if I start to see brown on it, then I'm like I got to eat this banana today before it starts to bruise and get mushy. I would much rather have an overly ripe banana than an underripe banana. Love smoothies though. I have a smoothie every day. I do. Not like oh, not what not like when you buy like a mean one at home where you get some fresh fruit, you get some frozen fruit and like yogurt and ice, and you blend. There's a period of time in my that life, stuff. in like middle school, when I was doing smoothies. Um, never really done them since. They they feel like too much work. I'd rather just eat the fruit. It is a lot of fruit, but you can get like a lot of servings that way because you can just put so much like fruit, like in like you can put bananas and blackberries and strawberries. That's my no, I'm, I'm combo. It's, like, it's a lot of work though, just to make the smoothie because you gotta you gotta prepare the fruits. So you gotta at least wash them, and then you gotta put them in the blender, and you gotta do the ice, maybe a little yogurt. I'd rather just eat the fruit. 
Yeah, I see it. I mean, I do a lot of like cooking and baking and stuff. So if it takes me less than 10 minutes, I don't consider it that much work. Well, I mean, I don't mind. I, I cook pretty often as well. But I, I get the point where sometimes you're just like, like if it's late at night, I'm just like, I want something. And I'm just like, do I make something or just grab the bag of chips that's right there on top of the fridge? Like, look, if the, the fruits evolved for us to, to eat them, to be enticing, to like just grab them off the tree and run. I, I'm, I'm not going to spit in nature's face like that. I'm just, I'm going to do as, I'm going to do as told. Are you saying when you go into the, like, if you're in like the woods and you see some fruit on a tree, just yank it right off and go Where? full sprint? Okay, I just thought about what I was about to say. And there is a small exception in this area of the country. Um, but I was about to say, where on earth would you find fruit on a tree in the Midwest? And then I thought about it for a second. And I was like, oh no, that's not true. Yeah, there's no 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 fruit grows in the Midwest. Everyone knows it's only <laughs> corn. That's all you can I mean, have. To be fair, corn trees, corn bushes. <laughs> you know, I thought about it for a second. Now, to be it, fair, like, well, true. if I do see a berry up here in the neck of the woods in Ohio that's in the wild. I'm usually not going to eat it because it's usually not the berries you want to eat. No. Um, unless it's like a, unless it's like a pawpaw, and even that's in like southeast Ohio, and it's like good for like a week. Oh, we're at here. I thought they were mainly in southeast Ohio. There's literally a grove of them like 10 minutes north of here, but from Mason, I mean. But even then, they're still only good for like one week in like the fall, and that's it. I have tried them one time. And I just cannot believe that is a fruit that grows natively in Ohio. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it tastes like a tropical fruit. How? I don't get it. I still find it weird how all the bananas we have nowadays are different from the bananas we had in the 50s because of the banana plague. Oh, yeah. And how all bananas are just one species of banana. Yeah, and if there's another banana plague, we're fucked again. But that's actually, that's why, fun fact, that's why banana candy tastes different because it's based off the flavor of bananas. Uh, the Cavendish banana, which was the one that did go extinct. And you know what? I'm kind of glad it did go extinct because I don't like the flavor of banana candy. No, I don't either. Like, I, I I think I'd much rather have the kind of bananas we have now. Right? They're good. They're yummy. My rabbits go fucking nuts for them. Yeah, but you know what else was bananas? Not this movie. This Monkeys. movie wasn't that bananas, but it was it was all right. It was an okay. Like, I paid like $5 for a DVD version of this and not, I mean, I spent $10 on a laser disc version that I can't watch. But that's besides the point. So you spent fifteen dollars to watch this movie. Yeah, but for five dollars, usually we if we watch a movie for Nick Cave, usually the rental is like four dollars if it's not free on a streaming service. I think like I don't think the five dollars was really a waste of money. Like it wasn't my favorite. And to be movie. fair, you own the copy now, so it's I do. You got you got a little bit more out of it. And I think Chris liked the movie a bit more than I did. Uh, I just really I just really enjoyed Nick Cage's performance. I kind of just on every other part of it. Okay, now that, like I've had, fine. now that I've had time to like actually think about the movie, because I watched it in two halves, and that's probably what's coloring my opinion. Um, so if I could just explain really quickly before we get into the synopsis. The first half of the movie, I did not enjoy at all. Um, the second half of the movie, I enjoyed quite a bit more. And I ended up like stopping at about the halfway point to eat dinner, and then I came back to it and kept watching. And I was like, and I think that colored my opinion of so in the end, I'm very middle of the road on this one, but I think it is above average. Yeah. I mean, it's in the upper half of the movies we've watched so far, but I think it's just kind of like a... Yeah, I mean, I, when I say above average, I mean it's above National Treasure. This is, again, I feel like this is one of those movies where it's just like, it's an action flick that you could see come on on like late night on like FX or something. I mean, you won't miss movie because there's other better ones. There's also a lot of nudity. I don't know if you would see this one on TV. 
There's not, I mean, there, okay, so. No, there was a lot of nudity. It was in the background, but there was a lot of nudity. What I was going to say is, like, Nick Cage's, his character's base operations is a strip joint. With it being a strip joint, there actually is not as much nudity as I was expecting. Because usually, there no, is I, some I, running I, nudity. Usually, they're turned, their backs are facing the camera rather than their breasts. There's only I don't like know, two. I counted quite a few every time we were in the strip club. I only saw, like, two or three of them who were, like, nude in the background. It's not the vocal. Oh, no. There was at least a couple in ev- every time we were in the strip club. Okay, well, then apparently I was focusing more on the actual movie and story at hand, and you were just looking for tits to ogle and fucking curve. Yeah, apparently. I mean, Helen Hunt's in the movie. We didn't see hers. Helen Hunt was in this movie? She she was the one who played David Caruso's wife. That's who that was. I knew she looked familiar. <laughs> yeah, back when she was younger. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, she was only in the movie for like for like third of it. <laughs> Not even like 15, 20 minutes. I feel yeah. Like. It was like not that long. Uh, we didn't really get it. And like she was good in the parts. Like when she, like you could tell she was like clearly like she did a good job being upset when um when David Caruso was back in jail. Like but she was in it for so little time. Yeah. Uh, spoilers um, for this movie. She does. Uh, Helen Hunt's character does die in this movie. Um, and it. It just feels really unnecessary to me. Like it just happens out of nowhere. I don't think it really forwards up to like. I'm about what? to. I I need to. I need. I need to talk about this. Did you know Helen Hunt is married to uh to Hank Azaria? They divorced in like 2000. They're married. They for like did. A year. But I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, famous celebrities are usually married to other famous celebrities. Is Hank Azaria even that famous? Sure. He went the Tufts. Uh, I mean. I mean, yes, he's mainly famous for The Simpsons, but I mean, he was in like Birdcage, uh, Godzilla, Mystery Men, Spam a Lot, uh, Mad About You, Friends. He was in a lot of stuff. He was in Godzilla in 1998. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to go into Hank Azaria deep dive. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say that Helen Hunt dies really early on in the movie, and I didn't think it was necessary. So, like, okay, so pitch. So. David Caruso is an ex-con man who's living with his his wife or his girlfriend and I guess wife, uh, Helen Hunt, whose name is Bev, and they're raising a daughter who is basically, she's like, I don't know, maybe two or a little bit under two at this time. Um, they're recovering alcoholics uh, at the beginning. Bev goes to an AA meeting while she's there. David Caruso's cousin comes over and David Caruso's like, get the fuck out of here. And He's like, eh, Nick Cage is going to kill me if I don't steal all these cars for him, and I need your help. And, and David Caruso's like, okay, fine, I'll help just this one time. Um, and he goes to help, and he immediately, they get busted by the cops, and David Caruso gets arrested. Um, and because, you know, he, he's not a fucking snitch, he doesn't tell what happens. Um, and so as, uh, as kind of like a thank you, Nick Cage and his father, who are kind of like the criminal masterminds of all of this, are... Having his uh, David Cruz's cousin pay Bev to support her while he's in prison, except he starts like hitting on her and she's really uncomfortable. And then he like gets her like drunk and she wakes up and realizes she relapsed and she's like pissed off. And so she gets in a car and she like drives off and she crashes and immediately dies. And David Cruz was like, oh man, you know what? Fuck my cousin. I am going to snitch. And so he snitches out everyone who was involved besides his cousin. 
So then Nick Cage thinks that his cousin's the rat and he beats him to death with his fists, like just punches him repeatedly at the dealership his cousin works at. And then it's like three years in the future. And now David Caruso is getting married to his wife's sister, which is weird. Um, And she's like still in college because she's uh, like a student, which is also creepy. And the feds, which are uh, basically at this point, it's Samuel L. Jackson and Stanley Tucci, who's the DA. Um, are like, hey, you know, you still owe us because, you, you know, court stuff. If you work for us and be like a kind of a mole for Nicolas Cage, because now his dad said he's in charge, we'll uh, beat you off scot-free. And so the rest of the movie is David Caruso kind of like invading Nick Cage. Nick Cage is a fucking unhinged maniac um, who doesn't like the taste of metal in his mouth. It's like his one character flaw. Uh, and like Ving Rhames is there. And, and that's Rames. never important to the story. No, it's not at all. It's it's a, it's a really weird character trait that has Except no when David Caruso puts a gun in his mouth and says, taste this metal or whatever he says. Yeah. Um, and then Ving Rhames is there as kind of like another criminal. And then Nick Cage kills him for some reason. It's never, I just realized it's not, I don't think it's explained why he kills Ving Rhames' character. He just kind of does. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know why. Um, which is fine because David Caruso's interactions with Ving Rhames, I don't, I don't, are kind of funny. I think um, there's yeah. the whole, there's the famous, do you like to dance? Cause I, I was like, do you want to dance? Cause I love to dance. Is that like, okay, it's, is it's what it's, it's for this movie. It's like the most well-known part is when he does that. Okay. Cause I was going to, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. And then I think also when Ving Rhames like it's shot in front of David Caruso, I think his acting is a bit just funny in response to it. But then they find out that Ving Rhames is actually a DEA agent and no one told Samuel L. Jackson and, and Stanley Tucci's characters about this. And so they're pissed off. Um, and because the the feds don't want some of their like important documents like found out in Discovery, they don't charge Nicolas Cage with his murder. And David Caruso is fucking pissed off because now because uh, he ends up Nicolas Cage finds out that he is a mole. And he, like, kidnaps his daughter. And so uh, David Caruso was like, I'm going to go fucking beat the shit out of Nick Cage. Um, and Nick Cage just fucking basically whoops his ass. But Samuel L. Jackson shows up in time and arrests Nick Cage. And then uh, David Caruso gets to live heavily after after with his dead wife's sister and his daughter. Yeah, so while you were talking about that, I went on a Hank Azaria deep dive, which ended up being a shallow dive, but a deeper dive into the movie Anastasia from 1997. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen it, but I know it. Okay, so Hank Azaria voices the... Anastasia. No, the bat, who they named Bartok, who is named after a composer who is Hungarian, so I don't know why that was a choice. Um, Let me read you the cast of this movie. Uh, Meg Ryan, John Cusack, Kelsey Grammer, Christopher Lloyd, Hank Azaria, Bernadette Peters, Kirsten Dunst, and Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury? Yes. That is an insane cast of voices. For a non-Disney animated movie. You didn't include Jim Cummings in that list. Oh, my apologies to Mr. Cummings. He's the he's the one who does the singing for, for Rasputin. Really? It's the fucking official voice of Winnie the Pooh and the Tasmanian Devil and Pete. He's from Youngstown, Ohio. He also voices Darkwing Duck. I didn't know that. Which is the second best animated show about ducks. And he loves the first one is DuckTales and the third one is Mighty Mighty. I was just kind of amazed by this cast. Anyways, go on. I didn't. I didn't have it. You also miss Lacey Chabert. These people are nobodies. They they are people. I mean, they are literally people. But I mean, they're voice actors. They're still important. Eh. 
Oh, she was Eliza Thornberry. Yeah, she was also Meg in the first season of Family Guy. Oh, yeah, I bet you guys didn't know that Meg had a different voice actor at first. You thought all thought it was uh, what's Neil her name? Mila Kunis from that '70s show. She's also in Party of Five, but that was before Monday Christmas. Um. So what? What do you? What do you? What do you have to say about the movie? I thought it was okay. I thought the first half was kind of boring, and I didn't really care, and I didn't really understand what was going on. It wasn't. Um, the second half got a lot better, and it actually got interesting. If here's here's what I will say: If Nicolas Cage was not in this movie as his character, I would have hated this movie. I was okay with David Caruso. I don't know what you had against him. I just thought it was kind of yeah. For the, for the lead actor, I thought everyone else did better was my issue. I thought everyone was pretty much on the same. Well, I don't want to say I, like same when someone I like was interested in everyone else more than David Caruso's character was my. I don't know. I also don't watch the TV shows that uh, he's on, so maybe that hasn't come. I mean, most of those shows were like like Crime Story, NYPD Blue, and then CSI Miami. Those were old shows. Miami's yeah, but not you, you watch those that garbage i watched csi miami just for the just for the funny crime puns at the beginning of each episode i didn't watch any like pd blue or crime story i don't watch any of these shows i have literally never seen david caruso in anything besides this that's just surprising to me that you haven't ever seen a single episode of csi miami never not once in my life like you've never you like even like you never were flipping through the channels and stopped when a csi was on no, never saw. I think you might be literally the only person in America who's never seen a <laughs> single episode of CSI. Literally never. People talk about it. Like CSI, uh, like all these cop shows, like the the references are lost on me. Not even NCIS? Especially not NCIS. Isn't that the one about like the Navy? Yeah, it's a weird thing where it's like they're like the Navy division, but they just investigate like murders on land that just happen to include naval officers. And all I learned from that show is like, wow, a lot of people in the Navy get murdered. Yeah. One thing about this movie was that the law parts were relatively accurate. Well, the original script was written by a deputy attorney. This deviates from the original script script quite a bit, though. But I mean, the basis, the basis of it, if it's like an ex-con who turns coat on the people he used to be a criminal for. Like yeah, but like the hearing that they had for Discovery was like, I was like, oh, I'm kind of surprised that this is somewhat accurate. Let's see, who was it? This this one was written by Richard Price. Um, wrote a few books. Oh, he wrote some screenplays for The Wire. Um, he wrote The Color of Money, which is a Scorsese movie starring Tom Cruise. Um, and he received a nomination for Best Screenplay. For so yeah, pretty uh, a good screenwriter. So he probably did his due diligence and research on it. Yeah, no, I don't want to say it was totally accurate because I mean I they never are. I don't work in criminal law, but I I passed the bar exam. It, it felt right. The vibes were not terrible. Yeah, wait, you know, actually, you know what I thought was a really funny part of the movie that was not as all as 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 like cool as they made it was uh, Nick Cage describing like an acronym to describe him, and he does the oh yeah bad, and he's like balls attitude direction, and the funny part is like when he kidnaps. Uh, oh, David yes. Caruso's yes. daughter. He like writes that on her forehead. I know that was supposed to be like a really emotional, like kind of scary scene. <laughs> but it's like, so no, funny. you essentially just wrote balls on a on a toddler's forehead. <laughs> and I think it was supposed to imply to be like this was blood, but it did not at all have like the like that's not what yeah. blood looks like when you put it on skin. No, I, I kind of it was clearly just some like body funny. paint. Yeah, 
and I can't. And then like David Cruz was like, "This is fuck." I mean, David Cruz was like, "Really? Like these are this is stupid. These acronyms are stupid." And I, what I also really like is like near the end of the movie, before Nicolas Cage finds out that he's like a mole or like a rat, is that he's just like, "Yeah, you should just come out and like at to the strip bar and just like hang out and we can like talk about life." Like he just wants a friend. I don't think Nick Cage is that bad of a guy in this movie. He's psychopathic, but he's he's fine. He, no, like, he is he, a psychopath. I mean, he wanted to protect like. David Crusoe, like, he was like, you know, you want to take care of his wife. Stop trying to fucking, like, hit on her. That's wrong. He was kind to the strippers. He was kind, and then his dad died, and then he, and then he went off the deep end. Well, no, I mean to the strippers. No, no, I mean, I'm just sorry, in general, his character. Oh, so no, I disagree. Like, I don't think he was ever kind. <laughs> he was kind to the people in his, in his group. He's like, you treat me well, I'll treat you well, and if you don't, I'll beat you to death on your desk at your workplace. Nah, nah, I'm not. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, he was always just kind of weird, kind of wacky. He was weird, but he was he was only mean to the people who really deserved it. He just went a bit too far with his meanness. Yeah. Now this was now that I think about it some more, this was one of the first Nick Cage movies that I didn't really think of as a Nick Cage movie because it didn't feel like he was playing himself, and that must mean it's a good Nick Cage performance. I I said from before recorded, I said I thought he had a legitimately good performance in this. The more, yeah, but I'm I'm actually thinking about it now, like. This didn't feel like a Nick Cage movie. And I think no, like he plays an antagonist and he actually feels like an antagonist, which does not really like even in no, he feels like a character. He doesn't feel like yeah. he's playing himself. But like in like Con Air, I was like, yeah, that's Nick Cage. This is Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. That is yeah. not how I feel in this movie. I think this is like one of his best acting performances of the 90s. I mean, Leaving Las Vegas, not Leaving Las Vegas is still better, but I thought this was pretty good. And like he got fucking jacked for this movie. Was he that jacked? Yeah, that was that was legitly. He was that buff in that movie. That none of that is. No, like, I I didn't think he looked that that buff. Is what I'm saying. He was working out apparently like five to eight times a day. I mean, he looked strong, but he wasn't like. But it, it it wasn't anything we haven't seen from Nick Cage before, you know. True, but this looked more like actual muscle and not just like like show off. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. muscles. That's is what true. I mean. Like he looked. He looked strong. Like, like he looked the part. Yeah. It wasn't outrageous. Like I thought it was appropriate for the movie. Yeah. No, I, I it was it was it's the first movie that we've watched where I didn't feel like I was watching Nick Cage play Nick Cage. And for that reason, kudos to him. Now I know we usually just we just rank this movie in comparison to other movies, but if you had to give it a score. If I had to give it a score. If you're on choosing, whatever metric you want to use, what would you score? Six out of ten. Okay. Okay. I thought you'd go a little bit more like esoteric with your your score. Uh I'm trying to be a little bit more unpredictable. I'm giving this one five plastic forks. So you liked it? I'm just giving it five plastic forks. Okay. Take take that, take it or leave it. That's what, that's, that's what I'm giving it. Where where are you putting this in comparison to all the other Nick Cage movies? Um, this is going at number 12, Below Wild at Heart, Above Kiss of Death. <laughs> no. That's the one we watched. <laughs> yes. uh, no. Below Honeymoon in Vegas, <laughs> above Amos and Andrew. It's 13. See, I have it. I also have it below Honeymoon in Vegas and above Amos and Andrew, but I have it at number 14 because rightfully I've included Con Air within the top 12, which you have not for some I crazy sh- reason. I see about Con Air being not that good. Not even in a so bad it's good kind of way. It's not bad. It's just a fun, dumb action movie with John Cusack. Also, a voice actor in the, the animated movie Anastasia, directed or uh, created by Don Bluth. I think we're getting we're getting off track. Um, oh, are we? Yeah, from Nicolas Cage movies. 
because now we're talking tell. about different actors <laughs> in completely unrelated films. <laughs> we do this every week. Uh, next week we're watching the movie City of Angels. Now oh, this sounds bad. It is uh, 1998 romantic fantasy that is a remake of a movie from 1987. Which I don't. Why do you need to do a remake that's a decade later? So is Nick Cage an angel in this? Um, Meg Ryan is in it. I th- Meg Ryan was also in. <laughs> I no, I think she has your breath. Hold on. She this was is weird. This is she weird. was in Anastasia. Yes, famous oh, actors are in movies with other famous actors. Why are you so surprised by that? No, I'm just saying that we keep bringing up movies that are connected to other movies we're also talking about. Also, have you have you not heard of the game Six Six Degrees I know of six Heaven feet. Bacon? Okay, I have something more important. There's a reason Kevin for that. Uh, uh, Andre Brower is in this next movie, along with Nick Offerman. Shit, Andre Brower is in it. Wait, Nick Nick Offerman. I think he plays a background character. Yeah, construction worker number two. And I was like, this was way before he got he like was discovered. Yeah, uh, Andre Brower is in it. Nick Offerman is in it, but he's kind of a background character. It looks like I'm excited for this. I don't think this is going to be a good movie, but I look forward to well, seeing. Now I'm excited that, that Andre Brow that Andre Brower's. Have you been watching The Last of Us? No, I already played the show. No, no, no. No, I'm not watching the show because I've already played the game. Okay. I have not played the game, nor have I watched the show. Oh, so why are you asking? Because I wanted to know if it was good or not. Yeah, I've played through the game, both games multiple times. I've heard the show is really good, but it, I, 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 I know what happens in the games, and I don't want to watch that because it's very sad and dark at times. That's kind of why I didn't. I've heard that it is very sad and dark. That's why I kind of didn't. Yeah, but the show. game the game is fun. I'm never gonna play it. You should. It's not that I'm long. Not. You should. It's, it's not the kind of game I play. You should. It's a fun game. It's a good game. I should do a lot of things, but I'm not gonna play that game. You should. But I'm not going to. All right, uh, audience, you you know what to do. Uh, go. Peter you pressure? should call Chris at this number. It's. No, 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 no. And you should tell him to play or watch The Last of Us. And once he does that, uh, I will tell you guys to stop and leave him alone. But until he does, please make sure to call him at that number. Do you honestly think peer pressure is going to work on me? Yes. It doesn't. Peer pressure has the opposite effect on me. Okay, well, everyone just tell him not to play it. Like, I've I've been literally... Okay, so... Here's an example. I made the mistake of going to my father for advice on what camera to buy next. And I've literally done everything. I've, I've, I've made my decisions for what I'm going to buy based on the opposite of what he suggested. Doesn't your dad actually know about photography, though? He does. So why are you doing the opposite? That seems like a bad idea. Because I purchased emotionally. <laughs> That's a bad idea for a camera. Well, I have actually good reasons for making the choice that I am. But it's the opposite of what your father suggested. Yeah. Because I, I don't have twelve thousand dollars to spend on a camera setup. Um, we've gotten we've gotten so far off track, and I assume the audience doesn't want to listen to us talk about what camera you want to get. Um, it's I mean, an maybe maybe there's an overlap of other people who enjoy talking about the law and the cage movies and and DSLRs. And we didn't even talk about the photography this episode. No, but we just didn't talk about general. the law. I know, but just in general, like, let's talk about one is about well, law. Let's talk about one law today. Let's throw it back. Um, what law do you want to talk about? Oh, jeez. Uh, let's pick a law. Let's 
discuss. any law. It has to be um, one I know about, or else there won't be very much to discuss. So I just have to hope I remember a law that I know you know about. Yeah. Um, I did, literally this week, I did um, go back to looking about how much it would cost to buy a skeleton legally. Like a full skeleton? Yeah, because I was reading... I was reading Real this, bones. I was reading this post about this guy who... It's like $3,000. Uh, I was reading this post about it's this guy who wanted to, like... He wanted to keep his, like, father's, like, skeleton as, oh, like, a, this, as a display. And they're like, no, you can't do that. That's legal. I was like, that's illegal. But just buying bones is not. You can buy it's specific kinda, bones. You just can't take your family member's bones after they die. It is kind of weird. Yeah, like, the chain of custody of, like, the body is <laughs> really like, weird. No, thing. you can't have your dad's bones. You can't have these bones that were used in a, in a scientific experiment we no longer need or was used in a classroom. That's okay. The law around dead bodies is super weird and has been highly, um, like, what's the word? regulated? Not regulated. Well, yes, regulated, but like it's been, it's been, um, it, it's been molded by the the funeral home lobby. Like, do you know? Have you ever watched um, Ask a Mortician? I have. N- I think I've seen like one video. Um, she's she talks a lot about this kind of stuff. She was actually involved in that bill that they passed in New York, where um, like composting dead bodies. I. I don't know like super specifics that might not be the right word for it like became legal um but the law around dead bodies is like really weird well i remember like back in the past like the 1800s like medical schools would pay people to illegally steal cadavers because they just couldn't get enough to work on because everyone was like no you can't it's like you can't touch a dead body that's that's immoral i mean and they would just pay people to steal dead bodies and sometimes the people that would steal it they would go. They would steal the dead body from the medical school afterwards and sell it to a different medical school because it was like. Easier. I think there, I think there is a compelling argument to be made that the state should take control of the body after it is deceased to properly dispose of it because it does become a health hazard if you just leave it there to decompose. Yeah, I think like I would be fine if like people were, had like certain requests to dispose of the body as long as it was like approved by someone who can like do it in like a safe manner. Like if I told someone. I want to launch my corpse out of a fucking cannon and someone's like, yeah, we can do that in a safe manner. That should be allowed. Like, just launch it straight into the um, the, the crematorium. No, I just want it launched over, like, a large field <laughs> like during, like, a festival. But what if you splatter? I mean, I probably will. My body's not going to yeah. be in great shape at Think that Think about point. how hard it is going to be to collect you. Yeah, that's why they'd have to approve it and do it safely. And, you know, you can collect the body parts and whoever gets the most percentage of my body gets my it's entire yeah gets my price they get all of oh, my, gonna, i thought you're gonna say you're like a state you something. launch yeah they get the entire oh, okay they launch my that body whoever gets the most percentage of the body parts shows that they are they are physically fit they are not disturbed by a dead body um and they really want Ooh. to be a state let's up the ante you put a, prov- a provision in your will that says immediately after you die you are to be put in a refrigerator right right any refrigerator. You have to be refrigerated. The closest one to where I've died, I have to be. You need to be cut up and refrigerated, like a piece of like meat. And then whoever eats the most of you gets your will. Wait, I don't want them to eat me. <laughs> Why not? You're dead. Okay. That's good. I see, I was gonna I was gonna say my dream would either be I want to be shot out of a cannon, or yeah. I want my body spread to the four corners of the world. I um, mean, each with each body will be uh, it will be buried and the Dragon Balls. Yeah, it'll be buried and yeah, it, yeah. with each one will be a key. If you collect all four keys, it opens my vault, which has my greatest treasure. So, like, it kind of gives That's people a reason to go like on an adventure 
And they also have to figure out what the four corners are on a giant sphere, which would be difficult. What do I want to happen to my dead body? I've kind of just just on the top of them now. You want yet the vultures to eat it, or you want it just thrown off? Chuck me off a cliff. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's equal. Chuck me off a cliff. We should just have more options for people to dispose of their body. Yeah. Or um, have you ever? Did you watch? Have you watched um, Swiss Army Man? No, I need to. I really want to watch. You can. I give. I would give my provision. I would give my permission to use my corpse in a Swiss Army Man esque manner. Uh, if they preserved it properly. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us today. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion about uh, high school and the kiss of death and the movie Anastasia and all its actors and also apparently eating a human body and disposing of corpses. If you do like us, you can follow us on any uh, podcast out of your choice we should be on all of them and you can reach out to us at the against podcasting at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or suggestions on what you want us to discuss and you can follow us on the social media we're at uh, the rule against on twitter and i don't use the other ones and i want to close out by saying that i think chris should watch csi i'm going to close out on a somewhat controversial take that Bartok the Bat and Anastasia should not have been named Bartok. Bartok was a Hungarian composer, uh, and the movie is based on Russian aristocracy. It makes no sense. Maybe they just had a shared interest. Makes no sense. It's a bat. What, what part of it makes no make, sense? Doesn't need to make sense. The fucking bat. It's a Hungarian last name. Maybe the bat's Hungarian. He was clearly Russian. Maybe he had. The movie's literally, the movie's literally about uh, the. the daughter of the czar the last czar of russia and rescue what if he was hungarian and he was born in russia and was raised i need to look up a world map like his family immigrated from hungary 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 to russia had him he was raised in russia. it's pretty far from russia it's like right next to ukraine it's yeah it's separated by the entire country of ukraine which is a relatively right, large country pe- compared to people Russia. don't ever travel more than one country over Look, I'm just saying, Hungary is pretty far from Moscow. It's not It's not far like fucking Spain. Okay, yeah, but like, it's still pretty far, and they speak a distinctly different language from Russian. You're saying that people don't ever move to other places. Is Hungarian even a Slavic language? I don't know. I'm just saying, that, I'm just saying, if the bat is named after a Hungarian man, Maybe either his parents enjoyed the comp- the composer, or maybe they were Hungarian and they moved to Russia. It's your rally. I, how do you know they just his parents just didn't enjoy that composer? Like if I if I named uh, okay, a kid I Mozart, confirm. doesn't mean I'm I'm from Austria. I can confirm Guralic is not Slavic. I think maybe they just like the composer. It makes no sense. They just like the composer. That's it. They're, it makes no sense. It makes plenty of sense. They just picked a name that they thought sounded Eastern European, even though Hungary is literally just Central.